brother is watching you. Oh. <laughs> Listeners, you are warned. This program is not to be listened to. Welcome to 1984 Today, your one-stop shop for all things dystopian. I'm your host, Mike Friedman. In this episode, our guest is the film director, Sergei Loznitsa. Sergei is a Ukrainian director of documentaries and feature films, and he was born in Belarus when it was part of the Soviet Union. He's won too many awards to list here, and I don't want to make him blush by trying to. However, one does merit special emphasis. In 2018, he won the A Certain Regard Award for Best Director at Cannes for his film Donbass, a dark satire of what was then separatist fighting in eastern Ukraine, now, of course, a focal point in the ongoing war in Ukraine. It's an incredible film, powerful, funny, moving, and truthful, and I strongly recommend that you find it and watch it wherever you are. A few of his other documentaries worth mentioning, as we might touch on them later, are The Natural History of Destruction, about the Allied bombing of Nazi Germany, the Trial, about the infamous Industrial Party show trial in Stalin's Soviet Union in 1930, and State Funeral, an in-depth look at the funeral that Stalin was given when he died in 1953. I feel particularly lucky because the stars have aligned, and I actually get to sit with him in person while we talk. Sergey, thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, thank you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> now, um, one of the first things I wanted to touch on is... When the Russian invasion of Ukraine happened in February 2022, you had a bit of a back and forth in, shall we say, the broader professional film circles with the European Film Academy and then subsequently the Ukrainian Film Academy. Uh, are you happy to tell us a little bit about that or would you like me to summarize for the audience? Uh, what happened with the European Film Academy? Yeah, but this story in the past already. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so uh, I just react and uh, I published my uh, statement. Uh, I think it was a, a screen daily uh, about the um, statement which they published on their web page, European Film Academy, uh, about uh, the Russian war against Ukraine. They in uh, they uh, were very accurate, <laughs> delicate, <laughs> and they even did not name it uh, uh, the war <laughs> is war. <laughs> they didn't use this kind of uh, mm, uh, uh, this kind of word. Uh, word uh, and uh, uh, it was uh, very strange to read when Kiev already was bombed to read that uh, they express they worrying about the growing tension in the east of Ukraine <laughs> this kind of uh, soft language soft language <laughs> and uh, for me it was you know when you observe this uh, war which uh, started in center of this uh, capital of my country and <laughs> to read the statement uh, uh, it was impossible because uh, this this is a film society. It's a fighters, directors, or I don't know, cinematographists. They are, they must be fighters <laughs> <laughs> in avant-garde of this, uh, uh, you know, movement and such a statement. 
so soft and so euphemism they using euphemism and uh, as a reaction to my statement they uh, they change completely delete what they <laughs> published before <laughs> and uh, they uh, uh, publish it more radical stuff hmm. <laughs> they uh, saying that uh, from that moment we cancel all Russian films we are not <laughs> observing any Russian films <laughs> you know? but then of course uh, uh, that w which is fascinating because like you said it's a complete u-turn they start yeah. off by softballing yeah. the invasion and then you pointed out that a war is a war and you can't belong to uh, a society like that that ignores this and uses those type of euphemisms yeah. they turn around and say okay we are sanctioning russia we are not going to show any russian films and then of course you stood up for russian filmmakers yeah yeah, yeah. they have uh, i think a uh, very good nose and uh, they understand uh, where is the crowd <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh, where is the fluger of political life and uh, this uh, how it turned and where are all politicians probably probably but it was very strange uh, okay it <laughs> happened like happened but um, just the kind of the kicker and the sting in the tail, as I recall, is that then because they turned around and said, we won't be showing Russian films, you then said that was inappropriate as well because they were punishing Russian individuals, many of whom were against the war, collectively for something the Russian yeah, government yeah, yeah. was doing, yeah. which resulted in you getting excluded in quotation marks from the ukrainian film academy right <laughs> <laughs> it's another another story <laughs> which happened immediately after and i i was surprised when i just read it in newspaper because uh, the members of this uh, so-called ukraine film academy uh, they did not ask me any comment and they <laughs> made a decision without uh, uh, announce uh, no discussion uh, no discussion with me no question no asking just uh, they made this uh, decision uh, for uh, I don't know f some uh, six five hours in Facebook <laughs> 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 this is you know we are all victim of uh, this uh, social net <laughs> uh, yeah <clears throat> and this is serious this is serious because uh, crowd uh, manipulate <laughs> To our society crowd, yes, <laughs> a lot of uneducated uh, people <laughs> uh, manipulate with uh, government, with authorities, uh, and uh, you know this uh, another dangerous uh, you know uh, uh, issue which uh, we are faced now. So, but <clears throat> what they use as a, um, like a case when they accuse me that uh, my films participate in. Uh, my old films from 2010 and 2012, which distributed by French distributor, and uh, I don't have any information, of course, because they distribute when somebody asks, uh, uh, to, to, would, would like to, to show film. So, and uh, uh, my films participate uh, together with Russian films in film festival Nantes, hmm. 
<laughs> in France, Uni in course. France, University Film Festival, which uh, made a festival because they uh, study Slavic languages and uh, study Russian mm. and Russian culture, of course, and they made a festival for students. <laughs> you know, nobody knows about this festival. That uh, uh, and after that, it was a, a little bit a lie. Not a little, it's a lie that I agree to participate, I'm happy to participate, and etc. etc. That you were like standing shoulder to yeah, shoulder with yeah, Russian yeah, yeah, films yeah, yeah, yeah. as if you had <laughs> crossed a picket line or something. Can yeah. you imagine? And uh, <laughs> I, I just uh, uh, about this uh, festival, I read in newspaper uh, together with information that uh, I was uh, expelled from <laughs> film academy. <laughs> You know, well, astonishing. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, this uh, academy, it's a private uh, factory. <laughs> it's a private person who pay money for that and uh, made this academy and uh, so-called oligarch. And uh, <clears throat> this is uh, academy which not represent all Ukraine uh, film society. Sure. And I know a lot of people who are not uh, members and uh, they uh, organized uh, a, at 2017 and they invited me <laughs> as a well-known film director yes, in the world. They invited and asking me support them. Of course, I said, okay, of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, So they asked so, you to join in 2017, and then they yes, booted yes, you yes, out yes, yes. in and 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, behind that, uh, few people who are uh, waiting the moment... Uh, uh, how to, you know, make something against me. And yeah, and to make a statement. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a As private saying, interest. Yes. And uh, one of the this person, uh, it is a uh, Ukraine co-producer of film Donbass. Mm. <laughs> yes, and we have uh, a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fighting during production. I fight for film and he fights for something else and <laughs> <laughs> you know but I, I won everywhere in all this fighting because uh, for me it's a quality of film and uh, it's uh, most, most important and, of course uh, yeah uh, and uh, so and he find this uh, way how to how to <laughs> the underlying political tension that yes, comes out yes yes it's life you know it's uh, <laughs> But uh, it's it's a very funny story, uh, and of course, of course, uh, it connect uh, to to my uh, statement which I made uh, in France of uh, French press uh, about this discussion about uh, participating Russian films in Cannes or some other film festivals or not. And of course, I said uh, that it's stupid to make a total boycott and. Uh, uh, we have to just uh, uh, we we have to be selective and uh, uh, thinking uh, to whom we would like to punish or festivals would like to punish and of course uh, uh, they decide uh, all decide not to participate with the official uh, representative of Russian film uh, mm. uh, society but uh, some directors even directors who just escape Russia uh, uh, years and years before, <laughs> why not? And uh, directors who uh, uh, made the films against this uh, regime and uh, criticized this uh, regime, why not? What is uh, 
you know. It's strange because uh, uh, this kind of things happened uh, during, uh, uh, during First World War, during Second World War. And here uh, in Great Britain and in France, they said that uh, never again we never perform Wagner or <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> In, uh, and uh, in Germany, they think that uh, we never, never uh, will make a play of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is, uh, of course, it's understandable reaction, but... Uh, but it's a very small-minded reaction. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 of course. Very but uh, we, uh, yes, 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 uh, uh, have to think about our culture, civilization, and, uh, you know asking ourselves what is the connection between <laughs> you know to some uh, bastard and uh, uh, dangerous aggressive uh, people and criminals and culture and people who represent culture what is the connection so <laughs> well, yes it's a very kind of um, it's a very simplistic idea that governments yeah. and the people and governments and the culture of the country that they govern are somehow the same or even fundamentally connected, right? Yes, uh, this why uh, this uh, uh, I, I said that uh, it's very dangerous when uh, uh, crowd have a voice. Voice, <laughs> it's a democracy. End of democracy. <laughs> the crowd have voice uh, in uh, social net. Hmm. And can collect these voices and organize movement and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, it's it's, um, it's odd, right? I mean, I was taught that demoskratia mm -hmm. is the voice of the people, right? That democracy is the voice of the people. But that doesn't mean mob rule. It doesn't mean the pitchforks and the torches coming for you just because people don't like something you said. It's not the kind of yeah. exclusionary fixation of the small village. It's meant to be. It, to use a word that you were accused of, actually, it's it's a cosmopolitan idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and this was a word that uh, I, I, it fascinated me when I was looking into the history. For those who don't know, that the the way the Ukrainian Film Academy phrased their description of you was to call you cosmopolitan, which you pointed out in your rebuttal has a very strong connotation that goes back to the Soviet Union, and it relates to something that. Uh, that people were accused of when they were enemies of the revolution, when they were uh, apostates, that a cosmopolitan is like a, a world citizen. They're, they're somehow looking outward. They're not nationalistic. They're, they don't focus enough on their own country. A cosmopolitan also uh, in uh, this uh, uh, Soviet dictionary <laughs> was a uh, uh, word which uh, uh, defined or uh, it is a kind of uh, euphemism. Uh, instead to saying Jew, they're saying cosmopolitan. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you know? Ah, yes, the quote-unquote world Jewry, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and uh, uh, of course, and uh, all all this enemy also was a cosmopolitan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's strange how how language. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a very important thing. This subtlety, like you said, it's the soft language of the European Film Academy that drew yeah. your attention. Yeah. The refusal to call something by its name, and they're doing it for their own reasons to hide something. The Ukrainians are using language that, to the people who know, 
means something other people might not pick up on, and it signals something that you notice and you didn't want them to get away with it, so you called it out. Language, and as we learned from Orwell as well, it's so fundamental to how we understand the world and to how we govern ourselves and live together mm. that when it gets abused, yeah. when, when it's erased or contorted, it's a very dangerous thing, really. Yes, of course, <laughs> because it's strongly influenced uh, uh, to the people. <clears throat> and some words, uh, shot. <laughs> I like a shot. Yes. <clears throat> you, um, I like a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you said, um, if, I, if I can quote you, what is happening before our eyes is horrible, but I'm asking you to not fall into craziness. We must not judge people based on their passports. We can judge them on their acts. A passport is tied to the place we happen to be born, whereas an act is what a human being does willingly. Absolutely. Who said that? You did. Ah, great. <laughs> <laughs> great text. <laughs> no, it's, 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 a it's beautifully put. I can sign it. <laughs> <laughs> but it. But it's beautifully put, and I feel like that's really yeah. at the heart. In a way, having seen some of your films as well, obviously, yeah. I, I wasn't able to watch all of them, but um, it, it, it feels like it's something that sits within or behind your films as well, this this question of the difference between individual people and these bigger ideas, ideologies, governments, nations. There's a kind of challenge in your work. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, many of your documentaries use exclusively archive material, so constructed from historical footage with sound design, maybe some music, but always telling the story of a particular event or a particular time using the material from that time itself. And so often what emerges is what I felt a kind of uh, an uncomfortable compassion. Like in The Natural History of Destruction, which is your film about the, the Allied bombing of, of Germany, the opening is, of course, just people living their lives. Street scenes, families, children. Uh, there just happened to be some swastika flags in the background. <laughs> yes, Nazi people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people who live in Nazi Germany. But, yeah. uh, but it, it kind of brings a strong question. People who live in Nazi Germany are not automatically Nazis. Uh, <laughs> or maybe yes. you don't feel that way. I don't uh, know. Or, or we always... Uh, yeah, uh, because we... we uh, <laughs> Somehow, uh, only Ro Ar Robinson Crusoe is a happy guy. <laughs> Spent alone <laughs> some years <laughs> on the island. <laughs> the only one who's pure, because he's yes, alone. Yes, yes, right? yes. But we all, yes, uh, some kind of uh, pay this rent <laughs> for living in society. And sometimes, even in war condition, uh, uh, we have to share the common destiny. Hmm. If you want or don't want, you will be. <laughs> yeah. You get dragged along. Uh, yeah. But uh, what to do, for example, uh, for people, what people have to do when they realize that they are in occupied territory. They have to collaborate. They have to fight. They have to die. <laughs> immediately make a suicide. What? What they have to do? Because it's uh, circumstances uh, against which they uh, they uh, uh, don't have any capacity to fight. Mm. They can't control yeah. what's happening. Of yeah, course. they can't can control what happened, and uh, but they have to make a decision. 
and uh, it happened during each war and even now for example mm. yes and uh, how uh, the other part of nation look to them <laughs> how they accept that they are living in their house and they have their own circumstances for example seek old mother father you cannot transport them you have to stay and uh, uh, you know uh, taking care about them mm. but you stay in uh, territory which occupied by enemy serious question i made a film uh, by the way about this uh, 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 it's a feature film based on uh, the novel by belarusian uh, writer vasil bykov uh, film named in the fog mm. it's about this kind of uh, a uh, difficult question when society thinking that some guy because of circumstances a traitor but he is not but he can't do anything with his uh, opinion hmm. he can't uh, protect himself and explain anything you know because uh, even to speak out is suicide sometimes right <laughs> yeah, he, he finished his life uh, himself because he didn't have any uh, any you know he made a suicide but he don't have any any possibility mm. and he cannot live with that and uh, he cannot protect himself his uh, name mm. no, yeah his dignity only one way so and uh, yeah and we we it's pity that we coming back now to all this question which mm. uh, uh, already i think we passing through 80 years ago hmm. and something happened in our mind and we just uh, maybe reflect we all like three generation two generation after my my parents they remember uh second world war of course because they they was born in 39 40 but they still remember uh some episode and now this uh, territory these two countries now i mean the russia attack ukraine and uh, people against uh, again in the same territory they are passing through all these circumstances and all this verdammten fragen <laughs> diabolic question <laughs> how in, in german the yeah same. the damned questions damned uh, damned questions yes 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 uh, unfortunately this uh, connects quite directly, really, with a case I'm sure you're familiar with of Vladimir Karamurza, who is a journalist, historian, writer, filmmaker, activist, um, very active in Russia as part of the opposition to Putin, very vocal, travels traveled widely to speak out. And he around the same time, of course, that you were finding yourself in your own way dealing with these questions with the film academies. In March 2022, he spoke to the Arizona House of Representatives in the United States, and it's believed that that speech that he gave formed the basis of charges that were brought against him by the Russian government. Um, I felt that it would be important, especially for our audience, to hear his voice uh, before we talk about his situation. So, 
This is a short excerpt from what he said in Arizona in 2022. It, it is an honor to be here uh, in the Arizona State Legislature. Very grateful uh, to be here as well because I wasn't sure as I was getting out of Moscow last week if I would even be able to come in because most of the airspace around Russia is now closed, as you know, uh, as a response from Western democracies to the war of aggression. And this is a legal term from the Nuremberg Statutes, which I'm using deliberately, the war of aggression that Vladimir Putin's regime has unleashed against the nation of Ukraine since the war against Ukraine has been started. Thousands of Russians have been going onto the streets literally every single day to protest against what is happening, to protest against this crime that is being done, supposedly in our name. And according to the latest count by human rights groups, more than 15,000 arrests were made across Russia since February the 24th, the day of the aggression, uh, against those people who have tried to demonstrate against the war. I say tried because all public demonstrations in Russia are forbidden. Um, to such an extent that, for example, several days ago, uh, at the end of last week, in fact, a Russian Orthodox priest was arrested after he left his church after speaking out against the war in his sermon after, after Sunday service uh, in his church in the Kostroma region. He reminded people of the Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill. For this he was arrested and, and taken to police station and charged and fined under the new administrative offense of quote-unquote discrediting the armed services of the Russian Federation, end of quote. So if you recite a biblical commandment, you're discrediting the armed forces. This is the Orwellian reality that Vladimir Putin's regime has created uh, in our country. Besides the fact that that's a very powerful thing to hear, what immediately jumps out at me are a few things. First, he also focuses on this question of language, about calling a war a war. He also refers to Orwell, who's become this touchstone, this reference point, particularly for people who lived through the Soviet Union or other totalitarian regimes. And most touchingly to me, the, the example he gives of the Orthodox priest, those were the charges that he was charged with that resulted in him in... April 2023, receiving a 25-year sentence, apparently the longest sentence given to a political prisoner since the Soviet Union time. And again, in his closing speech to the court, he said, I also know that the day will come when the darkness over our country will evaporate, when black will be called black and white will be called white, when it will be officially recognized that two times two is still four, when a war will be called a war. And so again, even when he was, even when he was on the line, looking at the judge, these questions of something has to be true, something has to be a fact, and to say it and to call it what it is, must be a fundamental human right or everything is lost. I find that so powerful. And of course, he connects with Orwell. I just wanted to, because of course, again, for those who might not know, your film The Trial is a very powerful reconstruction of an infamous or possibly the most infamous show trial held in Moscow in 1930 under Stalin, 
when a group of engineers were accused of trying to sabotage the Soviet Union's five-year plan. And we have, again, 90 years later, a show trial in Russia. Uh, unfortunately, yes, but uh, <clears throat> I would like to express my deeply, <clears throat> deeply respect and support to his position, his position of Vladimir uh, and support uh, to Vladimir Karamurza. He is now a hero. It's not so many people uh, who can uh, think openly uh, what he said in the court and uh, not so many politicians. Is one of the hmm. the most important uh, politician from opposition, or let's say I don't know. In in, in Russia, does not exist a position is a, a democratic side. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I hope that uh, um, uh, I hope uh, this twenty five years. Uh, it is just a dream of that power and that authorities and uh, he this uh, country uh, and this kind of state will destroy it uh, uh, early and uh, maybe uh, i don't know how many years uh, you know the uh, but uh, uh, i i think that they destroyed from inside not because of people and some movement but because uh, they cannot manage anything you know it is kind of anarchy inside and uh, yeah if we just look uh, this uh, story of uh, briefly story of uh, soviet union from uh, the revolution let's say from this, uh, the f biggest catastrophe, uh, 1917, when group uh, of gangsters, it's uh, gangsters, <laughs> using this uh, ideology, foolish a lot of uneducated people. You know, in Russia, in that moment, only 15% uh, uh, can read and write. 15% for hmm. all population. You can imagine how easily they can be... Uh, manipulated uh, so and uh, uh, after that uh, Stalin create with his uh, corporation it's a corporative state uh, hmm. with a corporation of people who you know uh, and also using this all ideology it wasn't uh, uh, communism or something what they socialism or no so and uh, it's a totalitarian regime and uh, um, from that moment uh, uh, till 1991 this country which was frozen by Stalin slowly destroyed like it ate itself from the inside yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that uh, this is why I made the film for example uh, uh, state funeral mm. uh, when you can uh, openly uh, observe uh, what was this uh, Soviet Union? Uh, what is a uh, kind of state which was built by one person? Hmm. And uh, also you can already predict what happened in the future with this country. I think this country was destroyed. It's the first explosion in this uh, dump. <laughs> first explosion was the Stalin death hmm. and after 
step by step, uh, different, not su such a talented uh, uh, leaders of Soviet Union, they lose uh, possibility to manage any process in this country, economic process, political, and etc. And after what we observe that uh, secret services, the KGB, came to the power, but what they, what kind of knowledge they have, how to, you know, manipulate, manipulate, uh, how to make a diversion, and etc. And we now have result of all of that, absolutely predictable result. Now that it will be a war because this is uh, only what they can do, and uh, 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 more degradation and degradation of society, uh, amoralization. First, this, they, they demoralize society completely. Mm. It's uh, most dangerous what happened. You know, Varlam Shalamov, uh, he uh, uh, also uh, wrote about that, and he said that uh, uh, this gulag uh, uh, will be explored, and all country will be kind of gulag from this... Uh, how to say the uh, uh, from uh, the position of uh, you know how people uh, represent world. Mm. It is a criminal world <clears throat> which came to normal life and transformed this life, and also transform language. And mm. uh, uh, it's uh, more and more uh, people even. Uh, you know, the president and uh, authorities, uh, different kind of, but they use the brutal and uh, uh, criminal words, argo, mm. in political s s s s statement, in, uh, on political stage, which uh, absolutely impossible, but it is possible. It's a part of uh, normal language, how language criminalize. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, <clears throat> the way how people act also it's more and more uh, at the end uh, we have a situation when uh, total disaster will be everywhere <laughs> and if you send signal I can <laughs> saying as a mathematic if you send signal from your top to the level 3 or 5 <laughs> uh, to make something I'm not sure that this signal, without distortion, or uh, 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 even uh, came to the level five, and people will do what you want. Uh, it's a total destruction of management of that country, and this very dangerous because in this country they built a lot of atomic station and uh, you know nuclear weapons, uh, nuclear yeah. weapons uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, the factories which produce some chemistry dangerous chemistry also mm. and uh, different other factories which can be as a, like uh, chernobyl in the future mm. uh, because it's total chaos Total chaos everywhere, you know, and this is the end of that empire. When uh, you have, uh, like the Soviet Union, it was the same when uh, uh, 
uh, they are looking where is the sugar in the country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Communist Party, the Politburo, they are looking where is the sugar in the country. <laughs> they, they knew that the sugar exists, but where, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, this is something that I agree is a very worrying uh, development, not only in Russia, the loss of trust, the catastrophic loss of trust in institutions, in systems, in processes, in not only the capability and the good intentions of people who are in government, but even doubts about their own self-interest. You know, you can always rely on someone's greed or yeah. ego, right? When you get to the point where you feel like you don't know what the hell is going on at all, where people will just do anything at any point, where you don't trust what you see in the paper or what you see on the news or what you read in a magazine, where you think about what you say to other people and you don't know if they're really saying what you think they're saying or the words, are they being literal? This kind of fog that descends yeah. this loss of any believability yeah unfortunately we are not ants <laughs> <laughs> we don't just get a signal and carry on yeah yes yes yes. <laughs> yes it's more complicated system and uh, we need uh, to find some way how to organize the, not a way how it organized in china for example in the east in the countries <laughs> in the east it's also a solution for such a big amount of people mm. so but yes uh, we have uh, i think we have in all societies uh, doesn't matter uh, 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 like uh, uh, it's a totalitarianism like in russia or democracy like in some democratic countries the yes the risk is the same and the process is uh, the same mm. yes because uh, more and more uh, we need to uh, educate <clears throat> self-decision people who can make uh, they own can make a decision yes and responsible people on uh, any position <laughs> you know very important position because we you know live uh, in a very industrial and uh, society with uh, uh, complex processes around us in your documentaries in uh particularly in the trial and state funeral and also in Donbass, which is a feature film, something that was a question I kept having, it, it nagged me, it poked at me while I was watching those films. What is real? What is true? Watching state funeral, for example, you see a, a shot of some men in Azerbaijan walking over a bridge in a funeral procession for Stalin. But it's just a bridge in the middle of nowhere. Where are they coming from? Where are they going? Is it them? Is it spontaneous? Is it staged? Are they sad? They look maybe sad? Maybe they're pretending? It And this goes on for the whole funeral process. People are crying, but they're in a crowd. Are they crying because they're sad? Are they crying because other people are looking and they need to be crying? They take off their hats in respect or they take them off because everyone else takes them off? 
in Donbass, the I don't want to spoil the film, but the opening scene of that film is extraordinary because it immediately establishes this total lack of clarity of what is real and what is not, what is fake, what is true. Something that's come up in other conversations I've had uh, is this question of hyper-reality, of not really knowing whether something is real or a product of a machine or propaganda or fake or a simulation. And that, to me, seems to also be a question that Orwell was very focused on, that we had to have something, some bedrock for a society. We have to have some basis where things are true. And what Vladimir Karamurza says in his uh, speeches and what you have said in your writing and what I feel in your films is a very deeply felt need for, for something to be true, for us to know this is this, and then we can have a conversation. And when that's lost, or when people interfere and make us doubt, or question the very idea that anything can be certain, it's like we have no legs, everything is lost. And it's frightening. Uh-huh. Uh, many questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a question about uh, individual and question about society, group of people. So, uh, mm, uh, state funeral, uh, I can say that some people, of course, honestly crying and, uh, yes, uh, feel regret that Stalin died. Uh, some people, uh, uh, of course, they imitate <laughs> that they are crying uh, and pretend that they are very deeply regret. <laughs> uh, some people uh, self-organized, organize themselves and uh, they just uh, create this uh, column of the people and uh, with... Uh, slogan, lozung, this kind of... Carrying placards. Yeah, yeah. placards. And uh, yes, uh, even uh, in Moscow in that uh, uh, in that uh, days, a uh, few million people came just to participate, to watch uh, God <laughs> in this Zal, uh, 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 where he was present to public. It's very interesting also uh, that they present him and uh, he was uh, uh, in the moment when they just bring coffin to uh, uh, mausoleum to put uh, together with Lenin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he was in kind of scaphander. It was a solution because they cannot uh, use the open coffin because uh, if some rain or some weather, wrong weather, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, it was funny. He's in a coffin, but it's got this kind of but, 1950s glass yeah. bubble over his face. Yes, so you can yes, see yes. his head in it. But they have to show that it's real Stalin. They have to prove to the prove to that, the public that, that it's really stolen. <laughs> it's not a <laughs> dolly in a coffin. <laughs> yeah, and it was a solution. Also, it is a, a, 
word, <laughs> visual word. I mean the text. It's a visual text. <laughs> yes, it's a statement. A statement. Yes. yes, this coffin is a statement, uh, and uh, it tells us uh, about many things. <laughs> So it means that it's not enough if somebody saying that Stalin died. We have to prove, like yes. in <laughs> many centuries before, <laughs> to show the head of your enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it actually reminded me. Yeah. There's a there's an old story about a, a man who used to run one of the big Hollywood studios, yeah. Louis B. Mayer. Mm -hmm. I believe it's it's an apocryphal mm -hmm. story that when he died a very big crowd turned up for his funeral, but he was known to be unpopular. And someone asked, why are all these people here? And the answer was, they're here to make sure he's dead. Yes. <laughs> and there was an element of that with Stalin's funeral also. Uh, probably, probably. Uh, so, and But I'm not sure that in Soviet Union it was uh, a lot of people like that and thinking like that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. So, and it's difficult because nobody made uh, sociological research in that time. And it's difficult to say uh, how many people <laughs> crying because they would like to cry. And But uh, it is also a moment of this uh, history of crowd. The history of crowds, yes. Yes, it's a history. History. Historical. It's a madness kind mm. of madness and uh, it's not a madness which uh, appeared only in that day no it was already and now uh, uh, this regime exists uh, uh, was uh, it was possible to have this uh, regime uh, because uh, uh, many people was a small stalin inside themselves hmm. They uh, share his uh, opinion and uh, his acts, and uh, they uh, many of them understand what happened, and that uh, some percentage of population in Gulag and uh, millions were killed. Uh, it, it wasn't like, uh, of course, uh, newspaper Pravda uh, did not publish that, but exists this uh, another radio <laughs> rumor. And uh, the neighbors, and uh, you know, uh, I think many people understand which country they are living. And uh, but uh, many of them, I think, uh, was a real Stalinist. And what tell me about that? Uh, also, Stalin, uh, after uh, Khrushchev's speech. Uh, in 1956-56, three years after the speech about cult of personality. When he was disavowed, when yes. they said this was actually a crazy period, we're not going to do that again, he's not a nice yes, guy. Yes, but yeah. Stalin taking care about that, not we are. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Stalin was a smart guy. He signed uh, some list of people uh, who must be killed and uh, sent to all members to, of Politburo and Molotov Khrushchev also signed this paper. All papers, they, the all pages. Lists. Yes, that penalty. They agree, 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 and they. It's, uh, so they couldn't just wash their hands and say, "Oh, it was this one crazy guy?" Of, of course, of course, and uh, uh, also uh, uh, Stalin that in 1953, 
Yes, they put him uh, coffin to mausoleum, and he lived in mausoleum as a mummy. <laughs> uh, he was till 1961, and they remove him from mausoleum during the night. <laughs> they built fence around mausoleum, like they just rebuilt something. And remove him and uh, burn him uh, in the place where his uh, bones uh, against exist. the Kremlin wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, close to the uh, close to the mausoleum. <laughs> <laughs> so he got Can eight. He, he got eight years in the mausoleum, and then they yes. very quietly just moved him and yes. stuck him in a corner. But but why? My question, of course, uh, it's a speech. Khrushchev's speech was in 1953. Why he eight years? lived in mausoleum <laughs> you know and answer which i can find uh, uh, it's just a lot of people uh, were stalinists mm. and authorities afraid made this kind of symbolic act yeah it tells us about society but it's understandable and uh, all roots of recent russia there in this time mm. And it's like a hangover also, right? Yeah. You, you can't shake it off. And this is what I meant when I was, I, I don't even know if it was a question really, but it was just for me, something that really shakes me in your films. And when I look at what's going on in the world today, this sense of quicksand almost, one can't even talk about certain things because we kind of slip, we go down, we... We don't have something solid to stand on. These things that were left as clues, as warnings in Orwell's books or the people who came after, this idea that two and two make four, that we need to be able to call a war a war. Why? It's not because we want to point our finger at a particular person. It's not because we love mathematics. It's because some things are true. Mm. Some things must be true and some things... Not so much. And we have to be able to put our finger on them or else we can't live together. Yeah, but uh, of course, uh, each society have to define the ground in which uh, this society built. Mm. Uh, criterion. The moral criterion yeah. and uh, criterion of our life. What we can do, what we cannot do and uh, uh, start from zero. Like, uh, you know... Uh, each computer have uh, uh, now is uh, more complicated things, but uh, a, a basis is uh, uh, assembler, the language assembler, and zero and one. Yeah, binary code, one and one, one yeah. and zero. Yes, one and zero. Yes, uh, this one and zero must be. And they have to, uh, so they are cultural, but they do need to be established. It can be individual countries or societies that do it. Uh, but course. we need, like you say, we need a kind of social binary code. We need yes, something underneath everything else. Uh, when society is met, uh, uh, people who live inside this society, they cannot define themselves with another language. <laughs> But they use language uh, which belongs to this madness. Mm. And the other language they cannot uh, use because they don't know anything about that. Uh, so, and uh, this is a difficulty. <laughs> you know, and only crisis, uh, crisis and, or war or something like that. A rupture. 
yeah, uh, can help uh, shake society and, uh, you know, new society can be started, born, can born from uh, this, uh, I don't know, desert, let's say. Mm. Uh, <coughs> uh, I remember, uh, uh, I remember one sentence of Russian philosopher, oh, I don't know, he is Georgian, but uh, Soviet Union, uh, <coughs> Soviet philosopher, Mirab Mardashvili, when uh, they discuss in the uh, beginning of 90s, uh, they discuss that Soviet Union will collapse and Communist Party is past and uh, we, the, the uh, new road uh, lead us to the, another democratic liberal society, and etc. He said that, no, I, I'm not sure that it is like that and I disagree with that, that uh, we just put our, uh, our hand, hand and uh, receive everything from like a gift and he said uh, that uh, the things that the objects or substantial which uh, did not live cannot die hmm. <laughs> we have uh, deal with the dead things hmm. and what uh, you just can do with the water metaphorical water just growing something alive and this is very difficult to do <clears throat> you can't grow a living thing from a dead thing yeah basically yeah and we have like uh, hostess around us and this why this uh, uh, like I, I made a film uh, uh, Donbass and uh, uh, because uh, I was surprised it based on uh, uh, amateur's video it's a feature film we recreate situation and uh, I rewrite this situation mm. but uh, uh, first I made this situation and the episodes in amateur's video and I was surprised that uh, people imitate something they are not existing they imitate mm. Uh, and uh, the real existence does not exist for them. <laughs> you know? I mean, this is the challenge of film itself, right, as well? Oh, it is uh, maybe the uh, one of the uh, biggest trap which uh, each individual, uh, in the individual, each person have uh, in his life. Hmm. <laughs> because we always have some example and we would like to be like this example. And they uh, also, they are growing with Soviet cinema. Mm. <laughs> and uh, like if we remember this uh, you know, confrontation during Maidan, what people use, uh, Molotov cocktail and stone <laughs> <laughs> against police. <laughs> and police beat them. Like during, uh, like in Soviet films about revolution. And uh, finally, they made a catapulta. <laughs> catapulta, it's, uh, yeah. you know, this <laughs> Like a trebuchet, yes. uh, like a siege weapon. Like, yeah, like a, can, a cannon, cannon. Mm. <laughs> a slingshot, cannon. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, uh, uh, okay, it's a weapon and it's funny at the same time and uh, address us to the Middle Age, let's say, <laughs> or even deeper, even deeper in the Roman Empire. <laughs> So, and uh, when I watch it and I'm thinking, okay, uh, 
what people want. They want uh, uh, make the revolution and change power. Uh, but why they use this kind of method? Uh, it's a peaceful, of course, peaceful pr protest. But with a stone, it's not <laughs> such a peaceful with a, um, <laughs> Molotov cocktail. Yeah, it's already. If they are serious, uh, they have to use this technology which uh, Trotsky proposed uh, when uh, they took power in 1917. You know, his uh, brain produced the. Uh, <laughs> action which based on net he just sent the group of uh, uh, armed people uh, soldiers and uh, seamen uh, sent to bank post electro station telephone station bridges and uh, you know there's uh, contemporary or temporary um, authorities uh, government temporary government the nodes authorities. of government yeah yes. like a coup you seize yes. the, the they, places where they, power is they yeah. were block without telephone without electricity uh, mm. and they cannot do anything because they couldn't communicate with each other yeah they no but they staying in this building uh, winter palace but they can't do anything hmm. And this is a smart idea because Lenin proposed to collect uh, uh, the workers and uh, push them, soldiers, workers, and express protest. And after that, uh, you know, create some fighting. Trotsky said, no, no, let's give me a chance. <laughs> and he blocked them. It was already in 1917. Why people on Maidan did not use this strategy? And it's it's very interesting because I think not only because of that, but I think that this education with the cinema, mm. <laughs> Soviet cinema, when you from as a child you watch it and you just have uh, this stamp of uh, action how to act in different situations because you have hero there and you know and uh, somehow it work <laughs> it's interesting uh, and so even our our own ideas of how to do things even if they're very big things like to take part in a revolution mm. are imprinted or influenced by previous these yeah. the media we've consumed and so Me. we end up imitating right we 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 play act being a revolutionary yeah but uh, we always leave we have a uh, eye on uh, back our uh, <laughs> on the back uh, of our head uh, our head yes just looking to the past hmm. always with this kind of experience and the people who have uh, open mind can defined what happened with us right now and what we have to do in these circumstances. Mm -hmm. Two important things, but understand what happened. Uh, it's much more important because uh, you already have a plan. If you understand that uh, uh, what you want <laughs> and where you are. Where you are, it's uh, the most uh, uh, difficult question. Hmm. Connect to personality and connect to society. <laughs> hmm. For both. On that point, all I'd say is that it um it it resonates with me because 
It emphasizes the importance of history, and in your films also, because you focus on archive material a lot of the time, we're looking at things that were filmed in 1930, in 1953, in the 40s. And we know from making films that when you film something, you're already making a choice. You're already leaving something out to focus on something else. And so there, it creates this question for me that we are relying on these sources that themselves were kind of edited to begin with. And so someone at the time is choosing what about that time they want to preserve. And then yeah, we go back and say, okay, we're now telling the story of this time, but we're telling the story of this time with what they left us. And so there's this kind of diminishing return. We don't really know where we've been really in a sense. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, too abstract, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, I mean the question, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, many condition when you make a film. Uh, of course, uh, uh, absolutely true uh, exists in archive, <laughs> let's say. Uh, truth about events which happened in that moment in front of the camera and uh, in archive like dif different uh, sequences of uh, footage uh, saying you truth <laughs> when you start edit you already create meaning of course and uh, it is a kind of uh, condition of uh, our work we must Without that, we cannot. So, and uh, of course, uh, cinema is uh, uh, yeah art which exists in time, and uh, we already have uh, some uh, uh, some uh, definition uh, like things which I show before. Uh, it is uh, things which happened, you know, before and the next uh, sequences which I show after. Uh, first of all, we thinking that because of previous sequences, next happened. Hmm. Uh, and uh, if you change position, you change meaning. Yes? We edit in our minds, yes. Uh, you you uh, show us something in sequence, or, we... Or, or you have to saying that, uh, uh, like, uh, somehow uh, give this uh, feeling of time and saying that it happened before. Like, Gaspar Noé made a film when everything... Uh, Irreversible, yes. <laughs> Irreversible, yes. yes. Uh, and uh, this is interesting uh, game uh, with uh, uh, our perception. Yes. You work with our perception because it's irreversible, but in film it is <laughs> in one direction. It's still chronological. St but. Still chronological, <laughs> yes. It's a paradox. So things which you can do, but uh, uh, for example, the uh, episodes of our life which have equal uh, importance and uh, happened in one moment, like uh, revolution which uh, Trotsky made, hmm. you cannot show... <laughs> Uh, in film, maybe like uh, four screen, five screen. Right, because it's not simultaneous. You can't Sim show. Simultaneous, yes, like uh, Mike Fincher <laughs> made a film <laughs> about that. Simultaneous, yes. Uh, but uh, it will be another media. <laughs> yes, of course. A little bit. 
And or like Rybczynski also mm. uh, uh, create our vision with the different cameras uh, which exist in different places and after that we have a concept of space so but it's a little bit different <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to uh, tell story continuously and uh, of course it's an obligation and it's defined uh, it's a limitation yes. limitation so and this kind of limitation many of them exist in, uh, in uh, cinema <laughs> dramaturgy for example and uh, the most important things must be uh, uh, close to the end but uh, how how for example if uh, the hurricane or explosion happened at the beginning and after that <laughs> how to growing tension sure which in a way historically, is a, historically. And, and in a way it's a fallacy for us right because we yeah. are trained like you said we're trained by cinema yeah. So the climax always comes at the end. Yes. So we live our lives thinking that the big thing is going to happen yeah. in the future. Always. Yes. Yes. It's just this kind of attitude yeah, I see in myself. Right? Climax uh, in the beginning. <laughs> <and> <laughs> after that. <laughs> so uh, it is also limitation. And uh, also uh, it's a wrong thing to do uh, that uh, my films represent. Uh, his, uh, it's a historical films. It's not a historical films. I use uh, this footage uh, for first of all like with Stalin funeral I would like to recreate this atmosphere and uh, to give uh, spectators opportunity observe carefully mm. <laughs> long takes <laughs> observe crowd people faces uh, try to feel mood of that time uh, and of course uh, 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 I uh, organized these uh, episodes in special way, and uh, I have uh, at the end my opinion about that. Yes, I express my opinion in the text at the end when I mentioned how many people uh, 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 were killed because of Stalin and his policy policy. Uh, and uh, after we watch people love him for several hours, watch, yes. <laughs> no, uh, and uh, also, I add this uh, episode with a lullaby. Mm, yes, uh, at the end also. So uh, it's a kind of my um, uh, postscriptum or coda for yes. all this <laughs> event. Also, it's my uh, you know vol voluntarism. <laughs> Your, part, will. your statement, yes, your yeah, imposition on the My position and my statement uh, that, uh, yes, it's uh, very poor people <laughs> if just looking for, to them from the sky. <laughs> mm, very poor and, yeah, it's uh, pity that they live this kind of life uh, when maybe possible to, I don't know, maybe impossible, <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, and uh, this is uh, uh, very complicated and uh, difficult to name that it's a historical films, but it based on uh, historical uh, archive, yes. Uh, and only one truth which we can say that uh, it happened, the things happened in front of this camera. Hmm. And some of them, uh, uh, because I made the investigation when I work uh, on a film, on, uh, we just uh, find when this uh, footage uh, where was developed. Uh, because I have this uh, statement from lab for each reel. Ah, okay. Yes, 
and like the uh, lab report from yes, the development report, of the film. Lab report and uh, some of this footage uh, was shot uh, week after. <laughs> <laughs> it means that uh, they collect people and saying, "Okay, guys, we need this kind of shot." <laughs> <laughs> like the like the Orwell thing, the organizing the spontaneous demonstration. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yes, uh, uh, not a lot, but this kind of footage also exists. Yeah. Fascinating. And I know you need to go. So very quickly, I understand you're working on a new project right now, which is being shot live, not archive. Is that mm. correct? Uh, yes, yes, uh, it's correct. Uh, we shoot now uh, in Ukraine uh, since uh, August uh, 2022. And uh, every month, a few times, we shoot... Uh, uh, different episode from life from different places of human life uh, in ukraine and uh, the, uh, what interested me that how uh, this tragedy this war transformed society influenced mm. society what happened with the people under this uh, tragic event and tragic you know war uh, and uh, uh, this uh, project I made with uh, Arte France, and uh, uh, I have this uh, possibility to continue shoot, and it will be uh, they will uh, release uh, episodes, uh, and uh, it will be a film at the end. But it's documentary material. It's a documentary material. Yes. So it's episodic on Arte, and then you'll yeah. put it together into a yeah, feature yeah, yeah. structure. A feature after. structure, yes, yes, yes. But uh, we'll see what happened uh, hmm. with uh, this war and what happened with all of us in the future, uh, because we now uh, passing through a serious transformation, not only uh, in the east of Europe, but uh, in general in the world. Yeah, it's just. Uh, beginning of uh, the serious uh, process it's another topic <laughs> <laughs> to <talk. laughs> yes it's a it's a door that i'd love to go through with you but i know that our time is limited yeah. so i just want to say thank you so much for being so generous with your time to speak with me today thank you well that's it for this episode of 1984 today i'm very grateful to our guest sergey loznitsa and of course to you for listening. As always, please check the show notes for ways you can support the podcast. All blessings are gratefully received. I hope you come back and join us again. Meanwhile, keep the fire burning. We'll be back with more fuel next time. Goodbye.